Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Northview, and I'm joined by two friends, Crystal and Erin. Crystal, why don't you start? Hi, I'm Crystal, and I'm the pastor of women here at Northview. I'm Erin. My husband's an elder, and I've attended here for a long time. And you're very involved in women's ministry Mm -hmm. and our regular podcast guest. So we're going to talk today about children obey. But we're going to extend that into the adult world as well and older teens and young adults. So don't tune out if you uh, think it's only about children obeying. We're going to cover a wide range of topics because we've just started a new sermon series here at Northview called Modern Family. And so we thought that for the next, what is it, seven or eight weeks, Crystal, something like that, that Crystal and I, with a variety of guests, we would do a weekly podcast and we would answer questions that come up for people when they listen to the sermon on the weekend. Yeah. And so we started that this past weekend. I listened to the children obey topic and then I went home and asked my family, what were the questions that came up for you? Yeah. So we are often here. Uh, Thalia is here Saturday nights and I'm mm-hmm. here Sunday mornings. Aaron's here Sunday mornings. Um, so if you have been listening to the sermon and say, oh man, but what about this or what yeah. about that? Feel free to just stop us in the hallways or send us an email and ask because that's what we want these uh, podcasts to be about, just incorporating some of those questions that we know that a speaker can only say so much in 30 minutes or 40 minutes, whatever they have. So we want yeah. to explore the topics a bit more because they're all really juicy. Yeah. And if you go onto the website, northview.org, and you go look at the sermon that was preached, there are some sermon discussion questions that you can download or listen to. And so Crystal had printed them off for us, but this is a great way to talk about these questions in your family, in your community group, or your friendship circles. And then coming up this week, we're also going to have a a little sort of a black button on there that you can go and press for further resources in the whole area of Modern Family. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be covering topics like marriage and singleness and parenting and forgiveness and divorce and things like that. There will be resources for you on the website that you can go and click on. Cool. Yeah. And if you're interested, like we just finished the Bling Bling series. Yeah. I looked to see what kind of resources were on there from that one. We just started this process at that last sermon series. And there were great books uh, mm-hmm. on how to ha- handle finances all the way. And they kind of ranked them uh, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yeah. in terms of, you know, how much you want to grapple with this topic. Yeah. But there's maybe 25 books on there, I wow. think, and different resources. So it's great that that's added to our sermon series. Someone's done the legwork and we just yeah. get to enjoy it. Yeah, for all sure. right. Because in the past, we've had booklets that are available for each new series. And booklets, people can take home and use them individually. They can use them in their family, community groups, or whatever. But we're not doing booklets anymore. So, Crystal, maybe you can explain a little bit why. Yeah, so the booklets were great. But the problem was, as soon as they were printed, something would happen and they'd be wrong. Mm -hmm. So we'd have something like a snow day. And then all of a sudden, the schedule would have to be changed. And the scripture that was scheduled for February 15th or whatever wouldn't be the right scripture. And so people would get frustrated because didn't have the right scripture there. And so there's all these logistics about it that made it tricky. Um, And so what they've decided to do instead is produce a Northview, um, kind of like a journal that people can purchase, and it will be basically for a year worth of sermon series. And you could just use it as a place to be a note-taking, something that you can have in your purse or your backpack that you can bring with you every week to contain your notes. Yes, I need to take notes because I don't remember anything unless I write it down. (laughs) Yeah. And so if you go on the weekends to the info booth, they do have some copies of the sermon discussion questions there. Okay. And then you can also look at them online and print them off if you want them or just listen to them. I, th- I think it was audio as well. I thought listen so. Listen to the questions? Yeah. Um, I thought it was I a... I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, Either way, that check. Later. There are... Yeah. But there's... if you go even on your phone and just search them on, you can view them right there, like yeah. right underneath cool. where the sermon is posted. Yeah. So that will really help. 
Yep. Okay, I said that we are going to do a weekly podcast. So if you have questions, email Crystal or myself, Thalia. I have a very simple email now. It's ts at northview.org. That's much better. <laughs> or we also have the bonus one, right? What yeah, is bonus it? at northview.org. Okay, so you can email us or stop us in the hallway or whatever. So this past weekend, Greg Harris talked on Children Obey, and it was a shorter sermon, about 25 minutes or so, because it was a family service, which is great. But there are so many things that pop into our minds that we'd also like him to address. We could do hours of it, probably. So what were some of the sort of the questions that popped into our minds as we were listening to Greg? Well, I know part of the uh, the text that he was reading on Colossians 3.20, which is about Children Obey Your Parents, the following verse is, Parents, do not exasperate your children. Right. <laughs> and so I was thinking, it's that balance. And do I exasperate my children? And do I push them to a spot where they don't want to obey in a way that's not honoring to God? So I was thinking about that side part of it as a parent. Am I making it easier for them to obey or not? Right. Yeah, for sure. And just that whole thing of like, if my children aren't obeying me, what can I do? Like, yeah. what? how does that work? There's yeah. no practice. There's no answer to that directly on that scripture. Yes. And we, in our car, we're talking about at what age does it move from obeying? Because at some point you're not directly under the authority of your parents. And when does it move to more honoring? And that's the scripture we're going to read in a few minutes. And what's the difference between honor and obey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm yeah. going to spend was... time on that today. Yeah. And what if what? your parents are dishonorable and they're not acting well? What, what right. about honoring then? Mm-hmm. Or Aaron, you had brought up, what if kids live in um, two different homes? Right. With dad for a few days, with mom for a few days, maybe with a grandparent for a few days. That's a different kind of a situation. And we're going to talk about some of yeah, those. Yeah. One other question that came to mind is because he talked specifically about, as he ended the sermon, about how we as parents model obedience. Mm-hmm. And he talked about us being, um, like, obedience is caught, not taught. And are we obedient in the roles that we're put in? And he talked about, you know, boss and employer or government and us and mm-hmm. then husbands and wives. Yeah. And a lot of people will come to me and say, what do I do? How do I obey my husband if I don't agree with him? Yes. Uh, if he's not a Christian? Yes. How do I, if we have differences on tithing, if we have differences on different things, how do I walk this out? Yeah. And so that was another thing that I was wrestling with because it was brought up as part of that discussion. Yeah. yeah. One of the things rolling around in my head afterwards was the way that I discipline my children does reflect somehow their way they would view God. Yeah. So that's a big yeah. check for me because some of the things I'm doing aren't very godly probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of working through some of that this week. So why don't we start by reading the scriptures that Greg brought up and then the ones that we have some additional ones as well. Let's read that first and then we'll start mm-hmm. into some questions. Aaron, why don't you take one and Crystal, you take one. Okay, I'll start with the Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Yeah. And then a parallel passage would be Ephesians 6, uh, verses 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Okay, and Exodus 20, verse 12 in the Old Testament says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And Proverbs 13, 1 says, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. It's interesting. The whole book of Proverbs is kind of set up as like a father instructing his son. And so it's a really good book to walk through some of these practical issues. um, Because it talks about both the attitudes of the son and the attitudes of the father, and also um, just good practical advice for yeah. life. So Proverbs is great yeah. for parenting stuff. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's get into it. We're going to start with sticky points for kids, approximately under 16. Then we're going to move to the older teens in that kind of 16 to 18, maybe 19 area. Then we're going to talk about the young adult, young adult area, the ones that don't yet live on their own. Like they still live under the same roof of a guardian, a step parent, a grandparent, somebody who's paying the mortgage and paying the food bills and that kind of thing. And then we're going to move into those people who are out of the home. Usually that's adults, but it could be an 18, 19, 20 year old and up. So that can be up to like a 60-year-old who's out yes. of the home and still has parents. Right. right. Right? Do they feel self to honor them and obey them? How does that work? Right. Yeah. So we're going to kind of walk through chronologically, starting with the littlest kids and some of the sticky points that come up for kids. Erin, why don't you talk about this a little bit? The one that popped into my head right away was about children living with two different parents in different homes. So right away, your allegiance is going to be pulled in two directions, yeah. possibly if they're not having the, the same, same set of rules. And yet both parents are paying the bills, providing you with love and care. And um, I think at that point, you are as best as you can as a child, you have to obey both of those parents. So it would be a parent issue at that point for them to converse with each other and straighten the murky points out as best they could. But that's not always possible in some homes. So it would be really hard for a kid. There are also a number of grandparents at Northview that are sort of parenting their grandkids in the fact that they have quite a lot of responsibility for their grandkids. So there's some obedience needed there. Yes. But the grandparents aren't sure how much obedience that they can kind of ask for because the, the rightful ownership is with the well, ownership. That's <laughs> terrible. The rightful authority is with the parents, but the parents aren't necessarily on the same page and they might be busy with their jobs and their work and be a little bit absent emotionally. And so the grandparent is wondering how to do this. This is sticky. Yeah. And I think it's up to the adults in that situation to really mm-hmm. sit down and try to hammer it out because you know, for a kid, that's going to be tricky. If a yeah. grandparent comes and does daycare or whatever for the kid every yeah. day and their rules are different than mom and dad's that are yeah. different than... That is going to be hard on the kid, and so I think, as as the adults in that situation, we need to we need to just be who we are, like mm-hmm. take the maturity to step in and actually try and iron it out so that it's easy for the kids as possible. Yeah, because yeah. there's nothing worse for a kid than having to figure out, okay, who's here today, and what do I have to do with this person here, and yeah. It can be super stressful. Yeah. And I think trying to find ways that make it easier for everyone to be on the same page. Yeah. Like, can you cooperate for the sake of the kids? Can you write some things down that are they're going to be consistent across the households? How can you do mm-hmm. this? It, it's definitely not easy. I know even when we've gone away on holidays and stuff, we've had to... and parents have come in to take care of our kids or other people we've had to say well these are the things we allow and they can yeah. have to be okay with it because this is the rules of our household <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that can be those little things right, right. can be sticky yeah yeah what about parents who are not christians yeah so kids who are under 16 could have come to church with a friend yeah. and become a christian and all of a sudden um, they're living a lifestyle or kind of convicted in a way that's different from their parents. Yeah. So learning how to honor and obey them in the midst of that yeah. is a sticky situation they might f- find themselves in. Mm-hmm. So which which thing is the priority? God's God's law or parent law? Which one which one? Yeah, we're, we're rises not asked to, to obey top. sin. Like we can't we don't want to obey sin, we want to obey God. So if your parent is asking you to do something illegal, mm-hmm. immoral, or life threatening, I would say don't obey. Um, but that is a very difficult situation for a child to be in, somebody who's under 16, let's say. Because yeah. they can't drive, yeah. and they can't do anything on their own, so they're 
they're dependent upon their parents to yeah. do to go to church or to do other things. Yeah. yeah. So some parents want to drink or do drugs with their kids. Some right. parents ask kids to do things that are definitely sinful. And so kids shouldn't do that. And work ethic yeah. type issues, like how you relate to an employer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other things would be in here? Um, if your parents aren't living as Christians. So we can have parents that come to church and they look all great on the outside, but you know as a family at home that they're not living in a way that would honor God. Yeah. And so I think it would be the similar kind of uh, situation in the sense that um, as a child, you still want to honor and obey them as you can. But if it goes against what God would have you do, um, you have to have, you have a right to stand up for yourself and say, I don't want to do something that God yeah. would consider sinful. Yeah. And we see that all over the Bible, just so we, you know, it's not a human wisdom thing. We're saying like there's a passage in the beginning of Exodus where all the midwives who were um, delivering the babies of the Israelite children who were in slavery, mm-hmm. uh, the Pharaoh told them that they're supposed to kill every baby. Yeah. And they finagled their way around it yeah. and kind of just made up a story because they knew that that would be sin and God honored them for it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a consistent passage or pattern throughout the Bible that God never wants us to do things that are sinful in obedience no. to an earthly authority. No. Right. He wants our authority or our allegiance to be with him in that situation. So we would encourage kids to get the help they need then to talk to another parent or another adult in their life to maybe get help. If there is abuse going on, if there's things like that, like reach out to someone to get the help that you need. You don't have to sort of endure that. Right. Or cover it up. No. And if you're an adult in that situation, that's seeing those circumstances, I think then we can as community step in and say, hey, little person. Well, let me let me guide you a little bit here. You don't need to be doing these things. These aren't legal or yeah. We actually have a legal responsibility yeah. too if yeah. we find that out. Yeah. Erin, you also talked about absent parents. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm familiar with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a parent who has essentially abandoned the family, they are not. You're not living with that parent in any way. You might live in a different city. They may not have very much contact with you. Then that parent, I think they abdicate their role as someone who gets to discipline and expect a, an obedience, yeah. obedient response. So that in that case, you would the parent that you're living with mm-hmm. and um, who pays your bills and who's caring for you on a daily basis, that's the one you're going to put your allegiance of obedience with. Yeah. And, and maybe both parents would have similar standpoints on things, and so it wouldn't become an issue, but sometimes it does. Yeah. Um, and I do recall sometimes going to my dad's place and staying there with my stepmom and, and whatnot, and I just really never felt like I needed to be fully under there ob- obeying all the rules. Now, yeah. if I was staying with a friend or an uncle or an aunt or something like a grandparent, then I that I would put them in that same spot. Like I'm staying in your home, so I'm going to respect your home, your house rules while I'm staying here. But in all the other things, like should I join this school team? Should, do you want me to get a job? Should I pay for my own vehicle? Like all of those things, that would be my other parents. Yeah, the one who's uh, taking care of yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, these are sticky ones. I would say that if you have something that's particular to your situation, you want to talk about it more, I'm so willing to do that. You can email me and we can talk about it because it's there's so many variations here totally. and complexities. So we would be very willing to talk about this. We just mm-hmm. sort of wanted to raise the issue that it can be really sticky, this obeying parents when you're under 16 and there's all these other complicating factors. So yeah, then we what, think of it in the straightforward kind of the way the scripture would have to a, a loving Christian family and think, well, yeah, that's easy to apply. Yeah. But it is harder when you're in situations that aren't that straightforward. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's move on to older teens. Those who are like 16 to 18, still living under the same roof of a parent, a guardian, a something like that. What would we talk about in that situation? Well, I appreciate that Greg talked to those teens this weekend <laughs> as in the sermon. And if you haven't listened to the sermon, go back and listen to it. It was really great. Um, it was like an extended children's feature, yeah. but but with really practical adult co- content and, and reaching all ages. Because he basically said, you know, you're still, the parents are paying your bills. They're paying their the bed that you slept in, the clothes yeah. that you're wearing, the food that you're eating. Yeah. You know, they have provided that for you. And so... Um, you're under responsibility still to honor the request to text you when you, you get you get somewhere or to honor the curfews or all those kind of things that are set. So in my perspective, I'd say the kids are still called to honor and obey. But uh, I think from the parents, they need to start giving a bit of a longer leash to mm-hmm. those kids because of, you don't want them to go from complete obedience, non-thinking. Well, they should always be thinking, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they get out on their own when they're 19 and they have no idea how to make decisions. They've never actually felt the consequences of their actions before. They've never actually even known how to process pros and cons and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, You want them to figure mm-hmm. that out when they're under your roof still. So yes. when they're 16 to 18 is a great time to really start giving them that leash so yeah. that they can start seeing, okay, Longer if I leash. do this, this will be a result. If I do this, this will be a yeah. result. Figuring out how they want to live their lives yeah. and guide and guiding them through that without giving them absolutes, but saying, well, what will happen if you do this and what will happen and help them see the, the forward con- you know consequences mm-hmm. of their decisions. You're talking about more negotiation, more discussion, as opposed to absolutes. Like you yeah. must be home at 10, you know, might be the case sometimes. But other times it could be like, okay, what's a reasonable time for you to be home? And can we talk about this? What's going on? Who needs the car next? All that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I imagine there's some communication skills that need to be developed there. Yeah. Because those conversations could be immediately arguments or they could be respectful conversations. Yeah. Because we want to encourage our kids to be adults. Like we're supposed to grow out of a job as parents. And so we don't want them to start only doing adult decision-making the second they have their own apartment or something like that. It's going to be completely overwhelming it. for them yeah. if they have never made a decision prior to that. And then that's what they have to all of a sudden decide. Like yeah. that's way too big of a decision. Yeah. But if you slowly wean them off, okay, which job should I get? And how do I, and who do I spend my time with? And how do I negotiate through these mm-hmm. things? And yeah, then when they get to those bigger decisions, they kind of know how to make decisions. Yeah. Okay, young adults, those who are 19-ish until they have left the home, like when they're under a different roof. We're talking about that group. So the ones that are still living under the roof, but they're 19, maybe they're 23 and they're still living under the same roof of their parents, so maybe 25. So in society, they'd be considered adults. Yes. But they're still living at home. Yes. Saying. What do we do with this kind of a, a gray area, difficult area? How much obedience? Does it move more towards honor? What are we talking about here? Oh, I think it's starting to move towards honoring because you wouldn't be um, demanding certain behavior out of your 20-year-old who's living at home, like menu or like dietary issues. You're not going to say you can't leave the table until you finish eating your broccoli <laughs> to your 20-year-old who's right. living on there or living in your home. Like just, you wouldn't do that. Right. But there'd be some areas where I would be comfortable saying, if I had a 22-year-old living under my roof to say, you know what, in this house, while I'm paying the mortgage and the bills, we do this and we don't do this. Like there's no drinking under my roof. There's no uh, smoking under my roof. There's okay. no, like you could, you have, I think, the right, if you, the you own the home, you have the authority to have certain rules and 
ask for obedience, just as you would if you had a homestay student come stay or you had a guest, a long-term six-month guest stay. You'd say, these are our household rules because this is my home. Right. And those wouldn't apply when they leave and have their own home. But under your roof, I think there are still some rules that you can ask for obedience on. But I would really encourage a lot of discussion and negotiation because you are working with adults now. What do you guys yeah. think? You're looking at me like blank. <laughs> no, I'm trying well, to think what I can add because I think that's, yeah. Like because house, it's, it's to some degree that it, it looks like on, a, on paper when we would write this out on a chart that this is a financial reciprocation. Like I'm paying for these things and therefore you obey. But it, there's a deeper level to that. Mm-hmm. That is the person who raised you, yeah. cared for you. There's a long history of care and love. And yeah. It's not just about money. It's also a a well-being, a caring for them and nurturing that exists there. And then the reciprocation is you have done those things for me. You've provided me with this shelter and this love. And even if there isn't a good relationship, let's say the parents are not so great Mm -hmm. and yet they're paying for all of the bills. And the parent says, under my roof, there will be no, you're not going to smoke in the house. But you don't, let's say you don't have a good relationship with those parents. I think because you're still living under their roof, you still need to obey and even honor Submit. their request until you move out on your own and then you can do your own thing. That smoking is just one that popped into my yeah. mind, but there's probably others as sense. well. But, but I think this is, even if you don't have a great relationship, if you are living under someone's roof, just as if I would... Yeah, you have to respect yeah. their, it's their property, right? Yeah. It's their, right. yeah, their house. And so the way you keep it clean and don't destroy it yeah. and with those kind of things is it's better hard. if you have a relationship right. and you can work on obedience and honor out of a great relationship that would be definitely something we would encourage you to work towards but i think even with difficult parents yeah. there are some areas where you'd need to respect their rules obey honor all that kind of thing well and as you said if you're in their home that is their property yeah mm-hmm. it's up to them to decide how the basic standard of what happens in that house yeah Okay, so now the one that where it really shifts is when young adults, they could be 18, 19, they could be 30, 40, whatever, when they're living under, like out of the home, out from under the the authority of their parents. They're living in totally their own place, their house, their apartment, their mm-hmm. mobile home, doesn't matter. So they could be single, they could be married. It doesn't yeah. matter. Depend, like it doesn't matter on your marital, marital status necessarily. Right. No, single they could be or in or a career mm-hmm. at university. Living overseas somewhere on an adventure. And I don't think this counts for kids who are away at university. Because kids who are away at university, um, their bills might be paid for by their parents. So they're still sort of technically under their parents' roof in the fact that maybe their car, their gas, their bills. Bit of a covering. Their, um, sorry, their school bills and things like that are still paid for. If that child, though, is living away at university, paying their own university tuition, their own car, they're paying for their own apartment, that's when they're living on their own. That's what Mm -hmm. I would say. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 Okay, so let's talk about those who are completely living separately from their actual parents. Right. We're talking 20 to 60 years old here. Yeah. (laughs) Is there still um, a call to obey your parents when you're living separately? What do you think? So I think that's where the difference becomes the the wording that's in the scripture of honoring your parents. Yeah. So it's not that we have to necessarily do everything they ask us to, but we want to honor their requests. We want to listen to the things, see why they're asking certain things. Dialogue with them about it. Mm-hmm. 
This is a tough one for my pre-marriage class all the time. Mm. They always look at me like I have 10 heads because usually <laughs> they're in their early to mid-20s and they've been used to obeying their parents. Mm -hmm. And now when I tell them that when you get married, you form a new family unit and your allegiance is now to your new spouse, that's your primary allegiance. It's yeah. not so much to your parents anymore. It's your spouse first. You still honor your parents, but you don't obey your parents anymore. Then they look at me like, what? Because their parents are often still asking for obedience mm -hmm. in things that I would say shouldn't be an obedience issue. So like, like okay, yeah. yeah so <laughs> give us examples. <laughs> so there Leave are parents at Northview <sighs> who have adult children who are living in their own separate home apartment and they may be single or married. And they're saying, you must come to Northview for the 10 o'clock service. And we're going to sit in this pew and then we're all going to go for lunch together. That is a must Or you must attend Northview, you can't try a different church because we want you here. Or you must live in Abbotsford because we all live in Abbotsford. All your family's in Abbotsford. You can't move to Langley, Surrey, Burnaby, something like that. You have to live here. They have all these demands. You must not go yeah. on a missions trip or you yeah. must not yeah, commit that's yourself very to something that's away here. Very inflexible, very obedience oriented. Like you can't date this person or you must date this person or all these kinds of things. And the the adults or yeah, they're adults in my pre-marriage class are really in this uncomfortable spot of how do you start a new family unit? How do you separate yourself out from your parents and honor them? What is honor versus obedience? So what do you tell them? What's the difference? So honor we talk about in our class, and we usually spend a few minutes at this, is respecting them, respecting their role. God gave them to you as parents to raise you. They took care of you, mm -hmm. even if they didn't always do such a good job of it. But they, that was the role that God gave them. We need to be careful how we speak about them, that we don't slam them and insult them, that yes. we speak well of them. We listen to them. We we may not follow their advice, but we listen to them. Mom, what do you think? Should I rent or should I buy a home? Should I, Dad, should I buy a car? Should I lease a car? What should I do? Listen to their point of view. And then you're free to go do your own thing with the help of wise friends and things like that. But you don't have to obey your parents at that point if you're living separately. And it's very uncomfortable. They usually are very lurchy and like, what does that mean? What does, you know, because my mom and my dad demands that I do this, that, and the other thing, you know, every day, every week, every month, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's I know. So my face is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And then it can be tricky. So that is, that sounds like kind of within a normal range. I mean, <clears throat> some of those expectations are maybe, yeah, overly controlling but then it's even trickier when a parent is dishonorable or yes, when a parent yeah. is um, an alcoholic or when yeah. a parent uh, uh, is abusive or all those kind of things right yeah. then it even ratchets up more yeah. like how do you honor somebody and still respect them for the role they have in your life when they're completely yeah you know living in a lifestyle that you don't agree with can i take yeah. you just a side route before we get back to yeah. that one thing i think the reason that i'm struggling with this with the pre-marriage Uh, class is because I think it's one of the effects of this helicopter parenting that we've mm. seen among our generation where we walk our kids to school, we pick them up, we participate at school, we we watch everything they do, we go to every event that they have, we are very careful about who they are and who they're influenced by and what they're watching and what they're doing when they're younger. And then it's much harder to let that leash lengthen as they get older into their teens. And then when we get to age 20 and early 20s, when we see that the consequences of what they choose can really hurt them, then the uh, tendency is for parents to really clamp down and to, to, and to shorten yeah. that leash and to make them do all the things that we think will lead them to a better life. And they don't allow them to make mistakes and have choices. So I think that's one of the effects of this kind of extra hovering parenting that we've been doing for years. 
Like this is kind of normal for Crystal and I. But that season of your life when you are finished in your parents' home, that's like the most freedom you would have in your whole life. Are you talking about the parents or the <laughs> No, as a, as, a, as a young adult mm-hmm. to go off and explore and, and be on an adventure, whether that's as simple as renting your own apartment or going and taking a backpacking trip to Asia or Europe. Like these are freedoms that is just, that's part of the rite of passage to well, go and try and Parents don't explore. often see it that way though, because they look at all the possible downsides of everything you just mentioned. Oh, you're going to buy your own apartment or rent your own apartment. Oh my goodness. You don't know what the responsibility that comes with that. You're going to travel around the world and don't you know yeah. about disease and the people that you meet and you could get hurt and, and parents are, they clamp down in every yeah, possible I'd- direction and they come, become very demanding of obedience for their adult kids. I'm going to try really hard not to judge that right now because I don't have kids that age. So I guess <laughs> so this is what I'm seeing. I'll start and preparing what, yeah. myself for that stage. It would be wondering. It would be interesting to talk to somebody, you know, say that went through this kind of 40 years ago because I think it definitely was different. Even my own experience growing, growing up, like my mom was never at the school. No. Hardly, you know, doing things, and you know, she'd come to watch my sports and that kind of stuff. But, but it not wasn't every near, game. No, and it wasn't near the involvement. Um, she would come play piano for assemblies once in a while because she was a piano person. But when you think of now, even what the teachers are asking for parents. Mm-hmm. I talked to some parents who are completely overwhelmed with the list of things that the teachers want or that want them to do in the classroom. Yeah. Like there's this wow. real huge involvement push yeah. for us. And so then that backing away is even trickier because yeah. we've been encouraged to be so involved. And we love our kids and we want of to course. be involved in their lives. And because we love them and we want to be involved in their lives and their friends and all this, then we want to be with them and manage all of their decisions for their best so they have the best possible life. And we don't want them to make any mistakes. Like who knows if YWAM will be good or Cape and Ray. And what if you go over to that country yeah. and you might meet somebody and you might marry Never them and live back. over there. You can't do that then. You have to stay here. And, you know, and so parents become very controlling and they mean it for their child's best. They may not even realize if you're listening to this, you may not even realize that you haven't really lengthened the leash. You're, in fact, shortening the leash. But it makes it hard for your kids to be the adults that God has called them to be and possibly to be married if God has called them to that. So I would really encourage us to reconsider this. Yeah. And it will really it's a real strain on your relationship as they become adults mm-hmm. if you don't give them that leash because yeah. they're going to feel that instinctively inside them. Like, I should be able to make this decision and my parents don't really have a right to tell me this. And so it'll cause yeah. anger and flare-ups <laughs> and stuff within your adult relationships, I think, if you can't figure that out. Well, there's young adults that are... Uh, married or single, and they come to me, and they, the only way they can figure to get out from their parents' thumb is to move to a different province or a different country. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you do that, let's consider this a little bit. Like, we just don't want to run away from the difficulty. We want to actually talk with our parents and work this out. Like, how can we do this well? And we've had a podcast on that before. When did we do that, Crystal? Yeah, was it was like, like 2015, I think. Um, May. There was an honoring your dishonorable parents. Um, and then we talked about one about young adults last yeah, year. Yeah, last year. So, yeah, if you go back on our podcast pages a few years, there's one as uh, when your child becomes an adult. Yeah. And then there's one on honoring your parents. Huh. It just says honoring your parents, but it was talking about those those parents who are kind of being dishonorable. Mm-hmm. How do we still treat them well and show respect to them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are some of the challenges with this whole topic, children obey. What are some of the things we are, felt challenged about? Well, I was just really challenged with the way he ended, the way Greg ended the sermon in the sense that 
that we need to model obedience and that, that, that we're all in submission and authority relationships. And so what does it look like for us to show our kids mm-hmm. how we honor bosses, obey bosses, as a wife, how I walk alongside my husband in this mm-hmm. situation? Um, that was a challenge to think through, and it's a good thing to think through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we texting and driving? Are we speeding all the time? Like, are we obeying the laws of our land? Are we obeying our bosses at church here? Like for me, are we obeying God? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Are we actually obeying his commandments? Or are we choosing to live sinfully? I think part of asking obedience from our children is we have to start with us. That's a big deal. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes a little bit. Currently it, pulling the log out of my own eye. <laughs> yeah. I think one issue that popped up for me too is how are we asking our kids to obey us or even honor us? Are we really harsh? Are we really like has to be right now, this second, if it isn't one of those kinds of issues? You know, are we inflexible, uncooperative? Are we, you know, and I have definitely been those mm-hmm. before too. So that's... A, discussion at our house and negotiation, I'm sometimes uh, not very good at that. And so I've had to apologize. Then we had to work it through again. Yeah. Just sergeant. I want my way. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that. I want my yeah, own way. Yeah, definitely guilty of being a drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. I also thought that phrase of, for it pleases the Lord, as the motivation for doing rightly. And I wonder if, I wonder if I've expressed that to my kids that we're that I do things because it pleases the Lord. Yeah. That, like, it seems so simple and obvious, and yet I don't know that I'm speaking that yeah. um, as an example to them that I want to please the Lord. Yeah. So I, it's a little, just a little reminder, like, oh, yeah, we want to do these things to please the Lord. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, I want him to be proud of me like a father, yeah. like my dad to be proud of me. I want him to, you know, be pleased with what I'm doing. I want to honor mm-hmm. my heavenly father. And I want to honor my earthly father while I have right. him. It's not just a list of rules and regulations that no. we're trying to do. This is pleasing our Savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think along those lines, um, our motivation as we parent, I appreciate that Greg talked about that too. Are we doing it just so that our family looks good on the outside? Yeah. Or are we doing it because <laughs> we actually want them to become disciples of Christ? And do we have that discipleship mindset in our minds as yeah. we're parenting them? Like what's going to help them follow Christ better? Is it just, you know, all these certain rules that we have or is there bigger motivations that we can put before them? Mm-hmm. And what are the really important things then with that in mind? Man, we could go on this topic for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But we should probably close off. We've had enough minutes here talking and now it's time to pray. Erin, would you mind praying for us? Sure, of course. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we could discuss these things today and that we could be challenged by the sermon that we just have heard this weekend. And um, we pray that we would honor our fathers and mothers and that um, you would be blessed by it. In your name, amen. 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 Thanks for joining us.